Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <sighs> we did it. I still can't believe we got this project done so fast and so well. When I'm in New York... I'm in Chicago. And I'm in L.A. But... We're making it happen in Miro. Together. Our best work just happens faster on Miro's collaborative online whiteboard. No more scheduling meeting after meeting for work that could happen... From anywhere. Whether it's getting design feedback here... Mapping timelines here... Or brainstorming next steps here. It all just happens on the Miro board. Exactly. And it's nice not having to wait an entire day to get sign-off from this guy. Hey! Well, it is true. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com. The first three boards are free forever. That's M-I-R-O.com. Hey guys, welcome back to Leading Edge Cricket. Today we are going to break down the first test match between England and New Zealand, the run chase that wasn't really happening, and a couple of moments in life, in time, in English cricket that is absolutely dividing opinion. I'm Rob, this is Rich, welcome to the podcast. Hey Rob, how's it going? Not much to talk about really in this test match, is there? Absolutely nothing <laughs> that is breaking Twitter is going on at the moment. Like my, my feet Lord. unbearable to watch, I... It's like watching politics going off in different directions, mate. It's difficult to difficult to listen to, difficult to read. We've dropped a P word, and I think we've got an alphabet of words we don't don't want to say on this podcast. Haven't we? P word politics. That's one of them. But we do get stuck in. There's loads to talk about, Rob. It's ridiculous. It's, it's it, it was a really good test match, a really solid test match. We lost a day, didn't we, for the rain? You're going to lose a day for the rain at the minute. It's gorgeous weather generally at the minute, but we have rain, obviously. Um, I don't know where to start with this one, Rob. I think we just probably have to just get straight into the game, don't we? And just as we go, we'll then pick up points because there is so much to talk about. We will get to it all, all of it. And, and that's what I mean by all. Um, but um, but yeah, let's get into the test match. Unless you've got anything you just want to clear, get off your chest initially. Get off my mm. chest. And when we say all, we're talking Overton. We're talking Robinson. We're talking batting approaches. And we're talking yep. fine standout career moments in what you know four days of actual mm. active cricket is yeah phenomenal amount has gone on <laughs> absolutely absolutely and just before we go into get us up to date where we're it's quite incredible that after losing a day of cricket it looked like the game would meander to a draw but New Zealand were really really aggressive in their intent to try and force a result I'm sure we'll both have lots to say about England's approach maybe differing views as well on that but it was set up for a great fifth day. Public haven't been into test match grounds or any, pretty much any grounds, have they? They could have seen something special on the fifth day. But in the end, it did end in a draw, Rob, as we all know. Um, but let's get back to the start. New Zealand batting for 378. 200 of those were scored by a certain Devon Conway, South African-born, um, New Zealand naturalised, if that's the correct term, Devon Conway. Um, just... 
you you fire off first on this one. Superlative me away. Oh, in, in, incredible! It's going to be one of the first eyes that, 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 that gets used. His his approach to the game was, I think, the thing that took everyone a little bit back. At no point against a new ball against Anderson and Broad, and it was hooping a little bit. Mm. And a 90 mile an hour Mark Ward, other than a couple of short balls, did he ever look like he was not made to set foot on the test match arena? Yeah. This was his moment, 20 years of graft, you know, six years in New Zealand playing domestic cricket, however many it is, it was meant for this moment. And you saw it when he got to his hundred, just took off his lid. Just I've done this before. I've scored 20, 30, 40 first class hundreds. This is this is what I do. This is the player I am. Yeah, and it, it just his, his intent as well was fantastic, wasn't it? He? he came into the game and it was a steady start, a steady start. He, he looked a little bit nervous. I don't think he actually got on strike from about the third or fourth over. Yeah. Um, Latham was, was carving the strike a little bit, wasn't he? Um, but he just took his time, built an innings, but then he started going up through the gears and he just looked better and better and better as he went through that innings over, over the first day, obviously, battered yeah. through and into the second day as well. 200 before he was run out. I think, was he last man out? Uh, yep, last um, man out. Yes, he was last man out. So he nearly carried his bat for the whole innings. Um, it, it is just a sensational innings. It was the fifth highest test debut score ever. Am I right in saying? Um, it's, it's, I think the guy at the top, number one, was Tip someone. His first name was Tip. <laughs> Tip. That's how long ago that record has stood. But yeah, Devin Conway, absolutely sensational. Rightly man of the match. Uh, didn't quite get going in the second innings, but we'll get to that shortly. But first innings as well, Rob, I mean, nobody else really contributed. So England, if they could have got into Devin Conway, yeah. and just before we say could have got into Devin Conway, there was nothing really that was suggesting this is how you're going to get this guy out. He wasn't fiddling outside off stump. He didn't look uh, vulnerable to a short ball. He didn't look weak off his legs. He wasn't toppling his head over. He wasn't chasing the ball down the track every two minutes. He just looked solid. So, he you know, England like are going to be... Good, yeah, he looked like a guy that's... This is how I play cricket. I know yeah. which my scoring shots. And he was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Anything straight, mate, he was tucking it away. There was always that opportunity to get off strike. Plays with quite a close face at time to get it inside and get the runs away. And anything yeah. too far outside of stump on a length, he's like, well, I'm not going to go after that. What's the point? Yeah, absolutely. 578 minutes. 347 balls on his debut in his 22 fours and one six, just about a 60 strike rate as well. Excellent, excellent for New Zealand. He's going to be locked in there. A bit of a Jonathan Trot, really, isn't it? I suppose coming into the uh, test arena a little bit later than expected, but knows his game inside out, like you said, and he's just going to be a mainstay there. And it's, it's frustrating, isn't it, for other guys? Is it Tom Blundell scored 100 on his test debut as well? Yep. Yep. He's not going to get back in the team for a while. No, um, and I'm sure there are other options. Yeah, it will be interesting if another opener spot does open up, though. Obviously, BJ Watlin will be retiring at the end of this summer, at this English uh, test summer when New Zealand are here. So it just does beg the question whether Tom Lathan might take the glove, so it might open up uh, an opener spot. But then you've got Rashin Ravinder anyway. So anyway, that's down the road. But, uh, but yeah, Conway 200, excellent. Henry Nichols 61 starts, really, from Lathan, Williamson and Taylor. Um, yeah. And then it was a, it was a, started becoming a bit of a phone number after Watlin, didn't it? Uh, England certainly rattled through the tail. Yeah, bowled well. You, you've got to say during those moments, uh, Kane Williamson was one of the first balls, was it after lunch that he went, tried to play as usual, tap into the ground, really soft hands. You see him, the commentators talking about how he twirls the bat, keeps his hands relaxed on the ball. Well, little too relaxed ball goes flying into the stumps and Ross Taylor's a, there's a lot of call in New Zealand that this is Ross Taylor's last hurrah. Let him retire on his own before yeah. he's forced out of the team. His production yeah. in Test match cricket is completely plummeted. Um, Stuart Broad's got him out 10, 11 times in his career so far. And Ollie Robinson getting Ross Taylor LBW, well, it could have been any one of three or four bowlers getting Ross Taylor LBW because mm. that's how Ross Taylor gets out. And as his production's got worse bowling straight is a really good approach to take. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Rosso, we'll get onto it in a moment, but, you know, he showed his skills still in the second innings where they wanted to kick on, wanted to score runs quickly, and he certainly did do that. Um, so he still has that value. He's still got that quality, but absolutely everyone has the day. Um, and at some point, New Zealand will want to turn the page. Obviously, well, I just spoke about Watley moving on, Taylor move on perhaps, Kane, Conway coming in, freshening things up, Jameson coming in, freshening things up. There'll be an opportunity, I'm sure, and they'll want to get top blooding one or two of these younger players. Um, they just about blew the tail away, Rob, but it was yep. Neil Wagner at the end. 338 when the uh, the ninth wicket went, and they allowed another 
what, another 40 runs, yeah. 25 knots out for Wagner. I mean, he did a great job, obviously, hanging around for Conway to make sure he got up to his double hundred and, and you know, in the hope that he would go on and keep scoring runs. Uh, but that's a pretty good bowling performance from England. But that's a disappointing end when you're suddenly letting another 40 run to the final wicket. Yeah. Um, that's That can change a game. And as we'll come on to on the final day, if they were chasing maybe 30 or 40 less runs, maybe there might have been a different outcome to this game. So it does all impact the, the end result, doesn't it? Um, turn the page to the bowling card, Rob. We have to talk about Ollie Robinson. But for the, to begin with, we're going to talk about his performance. We're going to keep yeah. the two things separate. Ollie Robinson, the, the, the cricketer who played, made his Test match debut in this game and who performed very, very well. And then a little bit later on, we're going to talk about Ollie Robinson and his tweets, et cetera, and the outcome of that. But let's let's just keep things separately for now. Um, four for 75 off 28 overs. Did have a dropped catch off for Stuart Broad. He could have had a five for, could have got his name up on the Lord's Honours board yeah. very, very early into his career. So, uh, And a couple of wickets for Jimmy Anderson and three wickets for Mark Wood. Just before I let you jump in on this, I thought Mark Wood was going to have another one of those games, which I used to criticise him for, was he looks good, great character, love to have a guy like that in the dressing room, but he doesn't take wickets. But he did pop up with three in the end for 81 or 27 over, so pretty good going. Um, yeah, talk to me about that a little bit, Rob. And also the lack of spinner. Jack Leach was obviously not picked in this team. It was Joe Root as the, as the primary spinner. Do you think that had any impact, really, in this game? Uh, it's it's hard to tell because I don't think we really saw enough from New Zealand spinner Mitch mm. Santner, who's not a he's not a top turner of the ball. He's not the best spinner in the country, so it would have been interesting seeing Jack Leach, who is the best spinner in the country, yeah. going at it and seeing what difference that would have made. Even if it was Joe Root, Joe Root bowled twelve point four overs in this innings, only going at three runs and over, but that's mm. a a non-attacking three runs per over. Yeah. That is purely just letting the game slide. And you look at Henry Nichols, who scored 61 off 180 balls. That is the perfect um, sphere to, for him to find himself in and just mm. keep keep going. But overall, I thought the England bowling attack was pretty good. I thought Stuart Broad was unlucky at times. He bowled Stuart Broad deliveries, and sometimes they get mm. wickets. Sometimes they're too good for batsmen. He bowled balls mm. that were too good for batsmen. And Ollie Robinson came in. One of the first things you do when you get a new bowler in test cricket is you go, what's the speed gun saying? And as soon as you saw him around 84 mile an hour, you went, mm. that's enough if he does something yeah. with it. And he does yeah. something with it both ways off the seam. And this test match was, again, one of the great things to come out of it is statistics. And it was the second most that the ball has swung since stats yes. began in 2006. Yeah. Um, and the number one one was uh, Anderson and side bottom at Trent Bridge. Yes, that's it. Yeah. What's interesting mm. about that is the ball swinging so much, but India still went and won the Test match. It didn't mean England won. So it's seam right. and swing that is yep. the thing that really does mean that teams get cleaned up. And Ollie Robinson had seam movement for days. He, he said he yeah. built himself on Glenn McGraw or idolizes Glenn McGraw. You Sensible. can see that. You can see yep. that sort of bowler. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anyone that idolised Glenn McGrath as a young man is uh, is pretty good going in my book because that's pretty much what I did, to be honest with you. I remember doing a coaching course, introducing everybody, you know, before we started, and everyone's talking about their heroes, Ian Botham or other England bowlers at the time. I was the only guy that said a non-Englishman, Glenn McGrath. <laughs> so it <laughs> didn't go down very well. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, absolutely right. Stuart Broad did what Stuart Broad has been doing for knots. He's looked fantastic, but he hasn't necessarily got the wickets he deserves. And that's, this is not a case of Mark Wood, he doesn't take enough wickets. This is Stuart Broad, we know he takes wickets, but at the moment he's just not quite getting that rub. He's not quite getting the nick, he's not quite getting the LB, you know, the decisions. Um, but he's bowling really well. It's great to see Jimmy Anderson back in. He's not played a lot of county cricket this summer, for those of you not following the county game. Um, but he's played a bits and bobs. He had a bit of an injury, didn't he, early on in the, in the summer. Um, but it's great to see him in as well. And Ollie Robinson was exceptional in that first innings, um, really was. Like you said, it's seam and swing. And when we're talking about swing as well, we don't want early swing. And that's yeah. another thing when we talk about it. If you get really pronounced swing movement early out of the hand, it's easy to line it up, get across your stumps and, and play it, um, or whichever way you want to go. Um, so it is that late swing as well. So we don't need a big amount of swing. We just need enough, especially at this level. Yeah. You're not going to want someone swinging the ball inches. You just want it to swing a centimetre or so, a, a few mil. Um, yeah, exactly. What, what did you make of Bracey behind the stumps? Not not um, a natural number one keeper in first-class cricket for many years. Sky made multiple comments about him being the third or fourth 
uh, least experienced keeper for England. What what did you make about his um, his, his gloves? No, I think the best compliment I can give him is nothing really jumped out. You know, I don't think he did anything behind there that made me go, hmm. But, but at the same time, he didn't do anything that particularly well. He, he did a relatively steady job. It yeah. must be difficult at Lords with that slope. I mean, we've played on club grounds where you've got slopes all over the place, divots, dips, whatever you want, yeah. you know, rabbit holes, uh, <laughs> everything. Um, but he looked neat and tidy enough. Um, yeah. Quite, 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 you know, clean glove work. Didn't really see. I can't think of what I thought of him when he was standing up. So again, it probably meant that he did okay. Yeah, I think um, that's, that might be the test. That might be the test playing on the ground with a bit of a spinner and a first top quality spinner in keeping to him. Yes, that yeah. is almost the judge of a wicketkeeper that is hundred percent smart, uh, keeps yeah. well, goes under the radar, looks fast, looks clean, no buys, no sloppy work. That's yeah. that's where you really want to see if he's the man <laughs> to do it. Yeah, saying that, you say no buys. I saw one in the New Zealand news, BJ Watling got four against his name and one it pretty much clipped the cut strip. <laughs> and it was buys. These umpires are brutal for wicketkeepers. <laughs> Forget it. Just take the gloves off and stand at slip. It's much easier. Um, yeah, Bracey looked okay, I think. I, I think the batting, it's the same old thing, isn't it? It's confident. I think it was probably good for him to have that first innings in the field to get his, uh, get his boots on and uh, get his gloves on and have a go. Obviously, it didn't pay off in the second innings, which we'll get onto in a moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it will be interesting. It will be a test of character for him uh, when he's, uh, I think, at Edgebaston. I think it'll probably be a little bit more demanding of him. Yeah. Um, but he's not going to be the first choice keeper. You know, we've got Josh Butler, who will be coming straight back in the team. Um, yeah. Johnny Best is there or thereabouts. Ben Folks was sat there looking like something out of um, <laughs> This Is Chelsea or whatever you call it. Um, up in the stand, so I think my opinion slightly changed a bit when I saw him up there looking a bit too flash. It's like you thought you had a torn hamstring, you got your foot up on the bar, mate. Relax. Um, but yeah, Bracey was an interesting one. I, I'm, I'm not 100% convinced yet, but I don't think England wanted him in the team as a keeper, in all honesty. No, I no. think there was a chance he could have batted at three, yes. Um, and uh, and with obviously folks keeping, so maybe that tells us what England think of, of, of Bracey more than. Um, maybe more than just as a keeper. So on to the England innings, Rob. Rory Burns is somebody that has used this pr- the summer before this test match to his absolute advantage. Yes. He's on a run of half centuries, one century included. I think he's this is, I think this is probably his seventh or eighth half century in a row. Obviously, he got a 100, and he ended up being a pretty good 100 as well, 132. Yeah. He was inspired by Devin Conway, and he almost carried his bat as well, being last man out, Jimmy A, number <clears> 11, <throat> just like New Zealand being the not-out man. Um, we have to talk about Rory Burns in a moment, and also we have to talk about him as a comparison to Dom Sibley. But just while we get there, the only other real contribution to this England lineup was Joe Root, 42, and Ollie Robinson, 42, who again, four wickets and 42. The man does not want his name up on the boards at Lords. He <laughs> <laughs> was so close on two sides of this game, but it just didn't come enough, did it? So, um, yeah, Burns and Sibley first, or Burns, however you want to slice it up, Rob, but um, Burns exceptional and I think that's oh. the conversation over Burns will open for the rest of this summer I'm absolutely certain now yeah 100% mate mm. interesting thing about Burns is he's always that the century against Australia was the moment for me if you want legendary service if you, you want, want sweeter discounts Save by bundling auto and home with insurance. Doing it against that pace mm. attack in the ashes at home, I went, this guy can play test cricket. He's good enough. He's got a way to mm. runs in county cricket. He's done it against this attack. I think he was a little bit harshly treated in India, but you may look back at it as being the best thing that ever happened to him. It showed that he was fallible. He had other things going mm. in in his life. He's got a young baby. Yep. And it took himself out of it, and then he was able to work his way back towards it. And anyone that's dropped, mm. you're watching someone who's gone about his business the best possible way. Mm. Captain of his county, leading them well. I listened to mm. him speak at their AGM dinner, which was on YouTube, came across <laughs> really well. Scoring mm. runs heavily, improved his game. And you could see it. It was probably the most confident I'd seen him and secure I'd seen him um, against, against fast bowlers in mm. test cricket. He just, yeah. to me, I know he got dropped, but he didn't look in trouble a great deal. And mm. out of the last 10 years, mate, in terms of England showing faith in openers, Burns has played the second most amount of test matches as an opener in the last 10 years for England. 24 test matches, 1,448 runs. 
Let that sink in. Decent, decent. And I assume Cook is the most... Cook's number oh, one. Yeah. To show how much faith they're showing in this opening pair, Sibley has now played 19 test matches. That's yeah, third yeah. most in the last 10 years. That's uh, Jennings, yeah. got Hale, Stoneman, Compton, yeah. Robson, Carberry, Live, Denley, Hamid, <laughs> Ben Duckett, Moeen Ali, Jonathan Trott, Jason Roy, all of them have been and gone and played less test matches than these two. And it's worth noting, as you've just mentioned all those, the best test average for one of those openers is Jack Leach. Night Watchman Supreme. Absolutely. There's your solution. Get him up there. So Burns Burns versus Sibley for me. Burns obviously scored run. It was really interesting to see them breaking down. This is the ugliest batting partnership we've ever seen in English cricket, probably in world <laughs> cricket. But that's not to take away their effectiveness. Obviously, both of them have scored a ridiculous amount of runs at county cricket over an extended period of time. So they both warranted their place. Rory Burns, just got to quickly say, I loved his bow. I don't know if he, the, the, the hair in the bow may be starting to make sense. Maybe he's like some samurai or something. <laughs> he just, he did a bow when he got his hundred. I was a big fan of that. So he's, he's folks, you know, in, in my little stock market, in my head, folks has gone down a little bit for like looking like something, oh, this is Essex or anyways Essex. But Rory Burns has gone up for the way he batted and also the nice bow, the samurai bow. Um, he is in order as a batsman. He is moving around. He's got his head looking all over the place. But when that ball is delivered, he is in a perfect position an absolutely perfect position to play the ball. Dominic Sibley looks horrific, and he is not in a good position when the ball is being delivered at all. Uh, we'll come on to his second innings uh, blockathon in a minute, but he was out for duck. Big, big pressure was on him at that point. So what he did in the second innings, we have to, do, we have to give him credit for. Yep. Um, a lot of uh, cojones uh, showed uh, from Sibley, but Rory Burns was exceptional. He accelerated right at the end. Um, he moved England towards a position where we, we we could have easily been out of the game in this first innings with yeah. what happened in the middle order. Uh, but yeah, he he's he solidified his spot and he looked exceptional. Um, more power to him. Zach Crawley, uh, Dan Lawrence, um, James Bracey, no real contribution from them. Four ducks in the innings as well. Mark Wood added to Bracey, Lawrence and Sibley. That's not good enough. Um, and some of the shots weren't good enough either. It reeked of naivety, uh, mm. clever bowling, clever bowling mm. from Tim Souther, using his noggin, working batsmen out. But anyone that's played 10, 15 test matches, they're just leaving that ball. And again, creek vids, mm. more power to them. One of these mm. dismissals, I think it was the Lawrence one that was the widest. I might be wrong. Mm. It was the eighth widest delivery since 2006 that's been out in, wow. in test okay. cricket. So it's it, they were ridiculously wide. And... The yeah. hands on Lawrence's, his back face was facing down the ground when he hit it, so he's never <laughs> going to get it. And Zach Crawley, we'll get on to him in his second innings in a minute, mm. but the foot movement was absolutely mm. obscene in the first innings and got worse into the second innings. What frustrates as well for me is Zach Crawley and Dan Lawrence have played a lot of county cricket so far, and they've mm. both done pretty well. You know, yeah. they haven't ripped it up. Dan Lawrence has probably had one signature inning so far this summer where he went wild. Zach Crawley's had a steady start, yeah. uh, but both of them, I mean, this order, again, we'll talk about it, well, probably won't talk about it later than this one, but you have Stokes coming back at five. You have Butler yeah. coming back as a keeper, let's say at seven. There is only one spot for, for probably Lawrence. I, you know, there could even be only one spot for Lawrence um, uh, and Crawley, um, depending on how you shake up that order. We'll have to see. I mean, there's a certain Dawid Milan decided to score 200 runs uh, in the last uh, last innings as well for, for Yorkshire. So, there's, there's some pressure on these young fellas. Um, and they. one thing that I wanted to see be a bit more positive about in the second innings because it might have played into their confidences and into their games, like the Popes, Lawrence of this world. And it could have really got them re-established um, by having a go. But obviously the, the faith wasn't quite there by uh, by Captain Root, who got himself in, got himself a 42, uh, but got out. He was a second leading scorer with Ollie Robinson. Um, not much more to talk about, I don't think, in that innings, Rob. Um, disappointment is the overwhelming feeling for some of those young fellas that we're all excited about. James Bracey, yeah. obviously a duck on debut. Um, Tim Southey, if I could, t you know, if you wanted to build a prototypical English bowler who yeah. isn't English, Tim Southey is a man. <laughs> I've, I've loved this guy for years. He's just, he is what I want out of a bowler. Yeah. Um, six for 43, going at 1.7, 25 overs in the, in the innings. Simply exceptional. Um, Carl Jameson, three wickets, and Neil Wagner picked up the other one. 
Colin de Grandholm did his usual. I'm not giving anything away. Um, <laughs> I love it. Apart apart from telling the world what he really is like with that uh, party going on behind yeah. his head. I, I thought it was a superb performance. Again, Twitter absolutely lighting up about Southie, going, "Oh, he's the most underrated bowler in Test cricket." He, he's not underrated if you live in New Zealand. No, we we know how good he is. Not in my household. Yeah, <laughs> just you mm. probably don't see him as much as some other people. That's all mm. it is. Um, Love him. A wonderful performance, mate. Swinging the ball both ways, accuracy consistent, always challenging the batsman during mm. tricky conditions and. His wicket of Bracey is something I will go and watch back for years. James Bracey will <laughs> never want to see it again. But the noise of the stunt just going at the ground and then yes. cartwheeling is it's there's nothing yeah. better in cricket. It's better than a cover drive. And wasn't it hold the pose as well? Didn't James Bracey just yeah. hold the pose? It was a just, beautiful shot. Presented the full face of the bat, make his name, yeah. held it. <laughs> and yeah, the missed the ball. We've all been there. <laughs> so. Good performance. I was a little bit disappointed with Neil Wagner in this innings. That wasn't mm. the Neil Wagner we know and love down here, but just wayward and not very yeah, not very in the game. Cole Jameson was a little bit wayward, looked like he might be struggling with his run-up as well. But the one yeah. thing he got three for 85 going at 3.26, slightly expensive yeah. given the game circumstances, but it showed his ability to take wickets. Yeah, and it's always about how you react in cricket, isn't it? And especially in a test match. It yeah. is a five-day test match. It is a two-innings-a-piece game. Um, Jameson and Wagner both bowled really well in the second innings. Yeah. Um, it's just worth saying that as well. You know, So they did struggle. And like we said before, I can't imagine how difficult it must be with these guys playing on perfect fields, uh, perfect wickets, You know, le- perfectly level um, playing fields, coming to Lords, the home of cricket, all the pressure that that entails. And then running in on these quite ridiculous slopes and yeah. yeah. <laughs> trying to get it all right. It's quite bizarre. Um, so this is where the game got really interesting. New Zealand second innings. We lost a day, obviously. We're not going to worry about where that fell, but let's New Zealand second innings. 169 for six declared. They declared at was it lunch? I forgot where we were lunch. now. It, it de- rained, the, it rained and caused early that's lunch. It. Yeah. That's it. Took an early lunch and they declared. They really got on with things. It was 52 overs. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't ridiculous pace, was it? But they got on with things towards the end. Ross Taylor came in 33 or 35 balls. Nichols tried to have a bit of a swish. Uh, likewise, De Grandham and BJ Watlin. If it wasn't for the rain, I think they could have quite, they would, probably would have batted till lunch and probably hit another 30 runs uh, in yeah. no time at all. Um, this was a fantastic um, bit of captaincy from Kane Williamson. This is what we come to expect from New Zealand. They could have easily gone now, we'll bat till T. Yeah. You know, and then the game will just drift away to a, a draw. But they declared at lunch, setting England 273 <clears> to win off a minim, minimum of 75 overs. Minimum. So obviously, if they got the spinner going and they got through their overs, they could have bowled more than that at England. Um, this is what Test cricket for me is all about. This is the intent I want to see from a captain. And this is it's about trying to win a game of cricket and not, yeah. not lose a game of cricket or it's draw very, a game. It's very much the Kiwi way, mate. Any sport. It's about being a good sort and being competitive. And you saw Brendan McCullum when he took charge of this team. It's all about positive intent. Everything you do is trying to add to that and go forward and trying to win games of cricket. And you look at this. So New Zealand scored 300 in this innings. Kane Mm. Williamson, as captain in 20 test matches, has scored more than than 300 in the first innings. They've won Mm. 15, drawn five, lost none. They know all this stuff. They know how to build pressure. They've got, when they've got Trent Bolt in the bowling attack, they're mm. a little bit more dangerous, but they've got the ability, like an Anderson and Broad, to roll through a team and create victories. You look at mm. it as a Joe Root. Joe Root's been in this position 26 times, 16 they've won and six they've lost. So that mm. shows the mindset of this New Zealand team is all positive. Most of the things yeah. they do is positive. You can be positive in defense, you can be positive mm. running between the crease, positive backing up, positive. Doesn't mean Brendan McCollum hitting sixes. It's just no. attitude, how you play the game. Yeah, yeah. And and that was that's what's marked the end of this test match is the big difference between mentality and attitude. Yeah. And and like I said, we might fall on different sides of the argument marginally, but this is what I want to see. Yes, New Zealand are, are arguably the best test side in the world. India will have a lot to say about that. And if it wasn't for Australia messing around with was it slow over eight, they might have been playing against yes. India. Um, but New Zealand are arguably probably the best side in world cricket with the Red Bull Arena. Um, So we've set the scene. So that's where we need to be. It's 273 to win. 
I first thing is I expected and I, I wanted to see was a solid first 15 overs. Yep. And when I say solid, I mean solid. I don't mean just pat the ball back to the bowler. Um, and I don't know, I don't want to break it down of what we were, where we were at, but it, for me, the intent was just not there. Yeah. Um, I've got no argument against Joe Root because he's basically come out and said he didn't think with the way the pitch had played, even when the pitch was at its best, you're only probably going about three and over. That's fine. I understand where he's coming from. But just show me that you're going to provide a platform to then have a bit of a go. Yeah. It wasn't like we was three or four down after 15 overs. Um, I think we were probably one down. I think Rory Burns had gone for, yeah, 20, actually 23 overs. So we were, he yeah. was 49 for one off 23.4 overs. So that is not providing a foundation to have a bit of a go. Literally 10 wickets in the bag. Have a go. The intent for me is timid. Um, it's, it's, it's negative. It's, it was weak-minded. And it just put out to the world that one, the captain has no faith in some of these players in his lineup, no trust in them. And it, it, we're not looking to win games. We're trying to avoid losing games. Yeah. And for me, that doesn't work. You know, I'm probably being a little bit harsh. Now, as we get through the innings, if we're losing wickets or if we're struggling and we're not getting up with the run rate, then fine, drop anchor, yeah. bat it back and get the draw. Absolutely no problem with that. But the fact that we didn't try for one moment to win this game of cricket is pretty sickening, to be honest with you. It's really disappointing. And I just don't think I want that intent or that lack of intent um, from, a, from an England test side. I just think it's it's sort of back to the bad old days where we just just didn't really want to compete too much. Um, hopefully this is, this is something they'll think about. Um, yeah. But also, just before I let you come in and, and tell, talk to me all about it, Rob, Dom Sibling, it felt to me as if Dom Sibling, this innings was almost built to get Dom Siblings to keep his place. Yeah. They obviously like him. Um, he's applied himself 60 not out of 207 balls, 312 minutes, three fours. Um, it felt like it was a Dom Sibling net and the rest of us were just watching. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure that's what I want to see. And it felt like Dom Sibley was playing for Dom Sibley a little bit as well. I'm sure he was playing for the team under his instructions of his captain. Yeah. But it just felt a bit too much like, I want to keep my spot first. So sorry, ran over. You go in. I've got a few more bits to add later, but get stuck into it, Rob. Well, I'm, I'm going to throw some credit um, on mm. some of the players. I've, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. Mm. I thought New Zealand bowled really well in periods. I thought the seamers were really mm. good and England played well enough not to get out in, in those periods. They played and missed a lot, sure, but mm -hmm. New Zealand bowled all right. They gave themselves yep. an opportunity to try and win the game. And to be fair, with two sessions left in the game, all three results are on the table. So mm -hmm. from a, a viewer's point of view, and I think that does come into Kane Williamson and Gary Stead's thinking, from a viewer's point of view, who wants to sit and watch us bat for another four hours and end up eight mm. down, and no one wants to see that. Sibley was solid. Mm-hmm. Gritty, yeah. Maybe don't, don't Elgar him. I can't. I shouldn't Elgar him. But it, it still wasn't easy to watch. It's still someone no. that isn't playing very well. It's just someone which we need to give him credit for is a whole yep. shitload of piss and vinegar and hard Ooh. work trying to just make it work. Doesn't matter mm. what it is. I'm going to get across the line, and I, I quite mm. liked that about him. Zach Crawley getting out driving with no feet and hard hands is just... Mm. He averages 20, mate. 20 in test cricket if you take out that 267. There's right. huge issues. Huge issues. Mm. He is not a number three. Never. Not in a million years is he a number three. He should mm. be batting around the same time that Dan Lawrence is trying to bat in this order. 100%. Wow, okay. Mm. I'm, making, I'm making big statements. I'm making yeah, big no, plays. No. You go for it. Ollie Pope looked good. I thought Ollie Pope, he didn't score huge, but in the first yep. innings, I thought he's, he looks like a different cricketer. He's got his positive intent back. And again, in the second inning, positive and intent. Yeah, he's, he's shifted across to try and stop edging it. And he's getting LBW, but somewhere <laughs> in the middle, he's going to find find out what works for him. He's, he's trying to work it out, but he mm. looked like a test cricketer while he was at the crease trying to make it work. Mm. I'm going to sit the other side of the fence on this. I don't believe that this England team would have won this test if they went for it. And there's a huge question mark about whether they could have stopped the rot if it started. 
because of having a Dan Lawrence and a James Bracey six and seven. It's not saying they're not good enough. It's saying they've not really played a lot and they've just got absolutely nothing playing horrendously. So mm. I think England take huge pride in their home record in not losing test matches and winning test series. If they'd gone out all guns blazing to try and make this work and it backfired, alongside the PR disaster that's going on, mm. alongside mm. trying to keep their record, it's a two-test match series. If they win the second test match, no one remembers this. All they remember yep. is England won the series. So I'm going, to, I'm going to take a different approach and go, with this lineup, I would have told them to do the same and shoot me down for it, but they just so, won. Okay, so if, if if Butler's in, yeah, you know, keeper batsman's in, yeah. and if Ben Stokes is in, I understand that. But Dan Lawrence has still played test match cricket. Pope has played pretty well. He's still played test match cricket. Zach Crawley hit 267 uh, last summer. James Bracey was probably going to bat at three yeah. in this side before injury to folks. They're not sort of, you know, absolute unknown quantities. Only Bracey was making his debut in that batting lineup. Um, there's a tweet here. Andy Zaltzman, ex-comedian, he does a lot of the yeah. stat work uh, on the cricket. There was 33 scoring shots in the first 42 overs. 33. <laughs> that isn't... Um, or aggressive scoring shots. I, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but that isn't kind of that's that's past being defensive. That is, that you is. could have accidentally played more attacking shots than that if you'd have blindfolded some of these batsmen. <laughs> um, in the end, even with that, we only needed 140 off 20 overs, seven and over. Right, All it incredible. would have took was a little bit more accumulation, and I'm not talking about trying to smash the ball into the nursery ground. Or, you know, up to St. John's Wood Station or whatever. All it would have taken was a little bit more accumulation. I'm talking about dropping and running, perhaps. You know, you've got all those slips in. There's not that many men in front. But then, you know, they were ringing late. There's there's opportunities to score the odd run here and there, the odd two here and there, the odd single here and there. And we might have only needed five and a half and over for the first yeah. last 20 overs. Yes, it was still a good chase. But we had players that could go after that score. And it may have actually... A captain showing confidence in some of these younger players, it may have actually made them go and play differently. Zach Crawley has obviously struggled in this test match, yeah. but perhaps if we're not going out dropping anchor, two off 25 balls, that shows you his mentality. He's tried not to get out. And then in the end, he's, he's you know got himself out, obviously. <laughs> Damn, failed. Um, but maybe if we're saying, actually, we're going to try and play our natural games and we're going to try and score runs without taking too many risks, but we've, we've got our areas... A bit like was it Ricky Ponting back in the day or someone uh, or one of the War Brothers? You know, right in certain situations, get rid of crossback shots. I'm not yeah. playing crossback shots. Pick what what will work for you and go with it. Don't take too many risks, but play the percentages. And maybe if we'd scored a few more runs in that first forty odd overs, we might have only needed five and over uh, finish in twenty overs, and maybe then you know we could have got ourselves given ourselves a chance to at least have a look to go for it and it's just about having faith in your lineup if you've not got trust in your lineup then you need to go back to the drawing board and regardless of who's fit and available to come back in you need to turn around into people like Dan Lawrence and Zach Crawley and say you're not with us for a while because this 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 setup this coaching this captaincy has shown zero faith in some of those young players James Bracey he should have batted three and we're saying we haven't got any faith in him after one innings um, of cricket so you know, that's that's my take on it. I don't want to be too harsh on it because in the end, it was exactly right. We dropped anchor at the end and made sure we didn't lose the game. But all I'm asking for is maybe for 15 overs or so yeah. after the start to have a bit of a go. That's yeah. all I was asking. Yeah. And that's can, what really disappoints me. I can mm -hmm. see that. I can see that. Mm. You're 30-odd for none after 15 overs and shine's gone a little bit. Give it, give it a bit of a crack. Um, but not even that, you don't even have to give it a bit of a crack, in my opinion. I just think you just needed to accumulate better and look to yeah. be a little bit more positive. And a little bit more positive is not much yeah. <laughs> with the way they did play. Um, where, where does the order come from? It's not Joe Root's decision. Let's let's be honest. Joe, it's a joint decision at a guess between yeah, with Silverwood. Silverwood, who places yep, a lot of faith in his coaches. And yeah, sure. Thorpe's got a say in there somewhere, and the captain, and and the bowling coach will be in there as well because they'll be assessing what mm. what he thinks bowlers can get out of it, and it, it's it's obviously yeah. a, a joint decision. And now the question is going. We've lost in India. We were terrible. We just keep losing games of cricket. We've mm. got to stop losing games of cricket. I'm not saying that's what they said, but that's 
maybe what they've done and gone, you know what, if we draw nil-nil against New Zealand in two test matches who are going to play in the World Test Championship final, mm. that's a really good performance with this squad. And I, I keep coming back to the, mm. let's give ourselves an opportunity to win the series. Yes, they could have gone yeah. out and, and shown some intent here. I'm not saying they shouldn't have done. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm not going to lambast them the way Twitter has and the negativity. I think it's a, a it's it's always there for the taking um, when someone doesn't go to try and win a game and I'm not yeah. a defensive yeah. minded person but um, mm. I, I do I do worry about a couple of these guys in this lineup. Yeah. Crawley I'm coming back to again mate I just mm. from, from what I saw in India um, minus a 50 in one of the tests after that 267 I think he's only scored 150 and he's passed double figures a handful of uh, occasions he averages 56 mm. in the first innings of a test match, and that's because he scored that 267. And I'm talking mm. the first innings as in we've won the toss and we're batting. Yep. Anything else, batting second in the game averages 14, third in the game 23, fourth innings of a game 7.6. Yikes, yikes. It's, he, it's not the number three. He's in a difficult spot. I mean, again, we'll talk about what we think might happen. You've got you've got to make decisions. Like I say, if a captain doesn't have faith in their batting lineup, then you have to make changes. It's as simple as that. And this is again, this is my issue. I'm not trying to be too overly, you know, hypercritical of Joe Root and the decision they made. I'm just saying, with the decision they made, it shows to me that there are fundamental issues. Um, Zach Crawley, I really like Zach Crawley. He looked a very very elegant player. I, I would have liked yep. to see him open the batting, but at the minute, for whatever happened for this Test match, I, it's just not there. Dan Lawrence showed the bad side of Dan Lawrence. There are big question marks. Dom Sibley, I'm sorry, this 60 runs, it shows grit, it shows determination. But as a batsman, I'm not talking about how he looked, but technically he is not getting in the right position. Yeah. You know, he's not got his head in the right position sometimes when the ball's. He loves playing on, on side. He can barely play a shot on the offside. I'm not saying I want to see him drive like Ian Bell all day. But there are real fundamental issues. And if all yeah. we want out of an opener is to somebody to just try and stay there for the innings, then then I'm not in. <laughs> I need to see something else. And it just, there is the potential opportunity here when you look at the squad to say to Zach Crawley, okay, look, it's been a bit of a tough time here. Just go and take a seat. Hasi Pamid, you've, you've come along, you've done well. You, you were a late call-up, but let's get you in at three. Yeah, Perhaps, I know he's an opener, but I just wonder, if there's an opportunity to just give him a test match just to see how he goes, takes to it, you never know, do you? And then that also puts pressure on Sibley as well because Sibley, for me, isn't a long-term answer at the moment. It doesn't look like he is anyway. I might be proven wrong and I'd like to be proven wrong. Um, but I just wonder if that might be a way they go to actually further solidify that top top three uh, before Root has to come out to bat. Um, and, uh, yeah, and you have a man in the squad that could potentially fill that role, even though it is slightly out of position for him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but look, let's not take too much away from this test match. It was great to have it back. It was great to see uh, the crowd back in at Lords. Um, my only other bugbear of this test match is I'm sick and tired of seeing these people popping champagne corks, corks onto the outfield. Don't know why that niggles me so much, but it's just littering, Rob. It is littering, and it's you... disrespecting the home of cricket on the field of cricket. You don't just chuck a you know fag butt or a packet <laughs> of crisps on the on the outfield. Do you? So what difference does it make if it's a moe shandon of our available court on the outfield? You wouldn't do it, it anywhere, mate. You wouldn't go to a football game uh, and think, oh, my, my top from a Carlsberg bottle bottle of beer, I'm going to exactly, chuck onto the table. Exactly. And who exactly. takes champagne to a football game anyway? So <laughs> Rochdale fans. <laughs> wow! And, and, uh, it, it, mm. I don't, I don't like it. You, you, no sport in the world would you litter the pitch that they're playing on and be exactly. allowed to stay in the game. Exactly, the arrogance of it. Just get a grip, yeah. get a life. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm, I'm not in for that one at all. And someone's got to go and pick it up. And if someone has to go and pick up something that you've chucked on the floor, yeah. you're an idiot. Simple as yeah. that. <laughs> don't care if it's Act. a carver cork. The hammer's come down. Out. <laughs> get out. It's like room 101. It's called the Rich's <laughs> Idiot Room. Boom, oh, gone. Champagne corks. One, one of the first things to go in there would be people that pop the cork onto the outfield. It's Lords. Yeah. It's yeah. the home of cricket. Yeah, Christ alive, people. <laughs> so, so the draw, going back to the draw. Yes. The draw. You, you, you've made your point clear. I've made my point clear. I take it the papers in England are very much along the lines of, what the hell is this? Why have you done that? Um, I think, I think the, the, the issue that most people have got um, is there wasn't a little bit of intent. 
Yeah. I think that's the thing, isn't it? The fact that there was no intent shown whatsoever. I can't say I've, I've swept long the, uh, the the tabloids and the you know the the the, the big <laughs> the big pages, whatever they are, and had a real temperature check. Um, I would I would guess that that's where we are. I mean, looking at a few comments last night, I think it was that. It's like okay, you know, fine. You make a really good point though. You know, Edge Baston. If we win that test match, forget about it. Nothing else will be spoken about in this test, apart from probably Ollie Robinson, who we're going to get onto in a moment. Um, and that's great. And also, if you think about it, before this, we were talking about our predictions. I said that New Zealand will win this test match. Teams always get themselves up at the home of cricket, as we spoke about, and win games of cricket at Lords. It's it, that's where they they really really want to get yeah. that win. So we're ahead of the the game here. So I said it was going to be one all. New Zealand win at Lords, we yep. win at Edgebaston. So if that yep. if we follow that prediction, we win this series and it's all good. And I will take it all back. But yeah, I'm not going to go back into it. You know my, my take on it. So, uh, but yeah, I think I think it's just going to be a little bit of disappointment. But let's get on to the next Test match, and I'm sure people will forget forget it very very quickly, um, and we'll be ready to to watch another five days of cricket um, and see some positive England cricket. Hopefully, next Test match starts mm-hmm. this this week. We're recording. It starts this week. One player that will not be playing, suspended by the ECB and yep. all formats, Ollie Robinson. Yep. Where do we start? Okay. Well, very good point. First and foremost, I'm not going to sit here and read out statements. Yep. Um, he made a statement. ECB made a statement. ECB's made another statement. Um, ECB slipped, basically put one out last night at the close of play, which I think was the right thing to do. I've seen some pushback over that, trying to say they were sneaking it out, but I'm not quite sure when they would have put a statement out, you know, in between a drinks break, perhaps. Yeah, no, someone was taking guard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so ECB obviously have confirmed that he is suspended. He will no longer, he won't play any part in the second test, and he has been basically sent packing back to Sussex. Yeah. That's it. He's out of the squad. Um, I think without jumping into your point too much, I think you have to. If somebody is under investigation, they cannot be around the setup. It's the same as work, isn't it? If someone's allegated something, you're out. You know, you yeah. go home, go home until we work this thing out. <sighs> Ollie Robinson. Um, first thing, right, seven wickets in the game, 42 runs. Exceptional performance. Class. First point I want to make, I refuse to accept and I refuse to listen to people who treat him like a victim. Oh, he did really well, but oh, all this was going on. Didn't he play well because all this was going on? No, I don't give a flying you know what about that he did these things i don't care how long ago it was and i don't care how old he was he did it so let's not treat him as if he's a victim in any of this yes it's not ideal that on the night of a test match or the day of a test match someone's trawled through his twitter and found it but he put them in his twitter yes yep initially and it wasn't one it wasn't a a vague one it was some really quite you know pathetic stuff really wasn't it and the fact in his statement he accepted that they were racist and sexist tweets Yep. He accepts what they were. He wasn't trying to dance around that. Yep. So first things first, he's not a victim in this. All right, let's get that clear. That's my opinion. Secondly, age, he was 18. He was only 18. It was nine years ago. I've, hit, I've seen that a lot. I accept that to a point, but it all depends on how he is now as a person. But also, just quickly, where was he at the time? I don't want to throw accusations at Yorkshire, but he, and we believe he was at Yorkshire around that sort of time. Like I've still someone on Twitter saying, I apologize, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but what was the air he was breathing at the time? Yeah. We know there are serious issues within Yorkshire. As Ian Rafiq has come out and, and spoke about these issues and, and it's still not being investigated properly. Yorkshire are really letting the side you know, die. And you know, it might not be just Yorkshire, so it's not be too harsh there just yet. But where was he? Why was this acceptable? Why wasn't there someone in his ear? Surely somebody around that time where it was management, whether it was an agent, whether it was his family, whether it's friends, teammates, somebody would have been going, mate, why are you saying all that? And he's not just tweeting that. He's saying that out loud. He's talking Mm. to people in that manner as well. It's not just for clout. It's not just for banter. That's him. That's who he was. If he is now a changed person, as we believe he is, he was sacked by Yorkshire, he moved on to Sussex, he's become a changed person, then let's treat him and punish him as a changed person. He's, you know, let's make him take the best from that and become even better, become a, a yeah. vocal, um, you know, critic of racism, be anti-racist, not good enough to just be, I'm not racist. You should be anti-racist. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where I fall on this. I'm really struggling with it, but yes, there are some mitigating factors with his age, etc. but 
it was clear that around that time he must have been in an environment where it seemed to be acceptable. And that worries me greatly. And that's why ECB does need to look into this. And ECB needs to be better anyway. They're not addressing this issue in cricket at all. And Ollie Robinson, I personally hope it's not the most um, awful punishment in the world. I think get him out of this test match, give him a severe reprimand, get him educated, get him being vocal. And then he's back up for selection by India. I don't think yeah. he'll be involved anyway. But um, but yeah, that's that's my take at the moment, Rob. So sorry for um, holding the floor for too long. But uh, but yeah. No, it's a, it's a pretty um, valid and reasonable approach to how to deal with it. I've got a couple of points to add. One, no one, I can't speak for everyone. Not many people are <laughs> the same people they were when they were a teenager as they are when they're Absolutely. 27 to 40 to 50 or whatever. Life changes, yep. people yep. Change. change. They go through growth, understanding, and all these different things through life. Mm. That's what the ECB should be investigating going, okay, he's admitted to these things in the context that they are seen as he's admitted to that's yep. what they are. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that now? What sort of person are you now? And if there's growth, if there's change, then you can be, okay, so this is, this is what's going on. And like a lot of things in life, it's about education and understanding is mm. the way forward, not just punishment. It's, it's about understanding what you're saying and what the impacts mm. are of those words mm. from a punishment point of view. What I would like to see, and I saw George Doble um, tweet about this. I don't want to yes. see a fine. I don't want to see a fine. That means absolutely freaking nothing mm-hmm. to anyone fining. Absolutely. I yeah. don't it's another sponsorship him... deal, isn't it? That's all yeah. it is, a fine. Yeah. I don't want to mm-hmm. see him banned from test cricket for a year. That, no. again, doesn't really address the elephant in the room. I'd like to see him put forward for you know some learning being able mm-hmm. to work with other people who may need that learning as well. I'm not talking so yep. much community service, but it's more it, like you said, becoming some sort of ambassador about change growth and mm. helping cricket as a whole, yeah. whatever level, whether yeah. it's grassroots, whether it's County cricket, just being yeah. something that's responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think that's that's where it needs to lie, doesn't it? I mean, get him into other county dressing rooms, get him going into second 11 dressing rooms, get him into under 19s, under 18 dressing rooms. This is what I did when I was a, uh, well, I was a kid, as people are calling him. It's amazing how 18-year-olds become kids when you want them to be, but they can go and fight in wars and whatever at the same age. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, yeah, go out there and say, I made this mistake. Don't be like me. This is what I thought at the time. It is wrong. I share dressing rooms. You know, he plays for Sussex. Yeah, it's not 11 white guys at Sussex. You know, it's not, you know, he obviously has women in his life. <laughs> you know, it's his mum, his sister, or whatever it might be, you know, partner, girl, whatever. He has women in his life. So these attitudes are just not acceptable. Yeah. Um, in this dressing room as well, Hasib Hamid's in there. It might be the first time he shared a dressing room with Ollie Robinson. I might be wrong. You know, he's suddenly going, oh, hang on a sec, man. Yeah. Didn't know this was you. You know, he doesn't know him that well, maybe. So it, it really does undermine trust doesn't it and one thing that ecb were big on and still are is trust you know they still don't trust alex hales three or four years after after the events what he did um you know i hope they don't go down the same route where they hammer robinson like they've hammered alex hales he's been punished every game now um on a game-to-game basis because how long that's gone on um and i hope they don't do the same for robinson but it own but he has to prove that he is a different person yeah. and he has to pay something we can't just dismiss it because of age and years ago where do you draw the line you know if somebody committed any offense nine years ago when there was 18 and it's only yeah. just coming to light you can't just wipe it under the you know rub, brush it under the carpet no. that's to be something um and it, it's not like it's a really inconsequential thing um so let's all listen we're white men let's listen to other people and their take on this and let's accept their take on it it's not our place to dictate what the whether this was offensive or whether we should ignore it or not um yeah and i just hope the ecb are sensible and i hope they don't use him as an example to try and get themselves out of how badly yeah they're handling other situations john yes. uh john holder umpire etc which i'm not going to go into now but read up on it if you want um but yeah they they're i just worry that they're going to bring the hammer down as you said a minute ago to try and prove what a great organization they are. And yeah. that's not the way to do it. Very so. dangerous, dangerous territory. Yeah. And, and you know, their PR team, the ECB's PR team, will be working day and night on this, working <laughs> what the hell do we do? 
because yeah. our backs are against the wall. We're sending mm. people out onto the pitch wearing black t-shirts and anti oh. every, everything in the world and anti-discrimination campaign. Sorry, yeah, that sorry. One of the best things I heard. I just got to jump in. You just reminded me. Anti-discrimination campaign. In the morning of this test match, they all wore a, a t-shirt that had something mm. on it, whether it's anti-racism, anti-sexism, anti-transphobia, whatever. It just it's ridiculous. Someone said, I think he ticked off about three or four of those t-shirts in those <laughs> tweets. It's like, come on, man. Um, and it is in that in the light that what they're trying to do, again, I just wonder if they go, this doesn't play well, the optics are bad, we're going to be harsher. Talking about the PR team working overtime, Rob, Ollie Robinson's not playing in this test match. Before we go into what we're going to talk about, Craig Overton, does he get the call up? And oh. if he does... This is this is the box of worms. Box of worms. Is that the right term? I feel like I might have mixed metaphors. It can be a box of worms. It can be a box of anything, but it's box of not oh, much man. good. Oh my word! Craig Overton. Before this, te- before this uh, squad was announced, we were absolutely yeah. Craig Overton has to be in this side. This is test um, setup, and he has yeah. to probably play. I didn't realize I'd missed this completely, but about five years ago, was it 2015? Um, around that time, he basically told a Pakistani born English player for, uh, for Sussex to f off back to his own country. And he's allegedly. never accepted that. Allegedly, sorry, apologies, allegedly. allegedly. But he he never accepted that he has said that, even though umpire Alex Worth and non-striking batsman Michael Yardy, him of ex-England um, fame, both heard <clears throat> allegedly heard what he said and reported that. He didn't get a ban for uh, a racism uh, offence. He got a ban for basically abuse, mm. a level one. He, I think he had a two-match ban. Uh, which at the time was absolutely lambasted and criticised as pathetic, really, uh, as was done. Overton's never um, accepted he said that. Yep. So maybe we can work the mental gymnastics and he meant it in a different way or he said something slightly different that wasn't intended that way. But we're going to see Ollie Robinson drops from this team and there is a good chance Craig Overton could be the man to replace him or at least replace one of those spots. I just wonder if it's just too much trouble now. And I think he, I don't know if Overton actually plays in this next game. I don't know, mate. Do you think the PR team, uh, there are companies that you can hire that <laughs> oh, they're busy. people social media and delete things out of the yeah. internet and put good stories out about people so it bumps oh, down to bad stuff? 100%. Why? I know we're going around horses here. Going around horses is a brand new... <laughs> mixed metaphor. <laughs> mixed metaphor that's just been created. We're going around horses. But, mate, if we're doing anything tonight, we're setting up a new business that does that because every yeah. county in the country, every player in international sport <laughs> is currently trying to work out someone who can delete half of their stuff from when they were new to yeah. social media when they were a teenager, mate. There, yeah. There'll be yeah. a whole market and... They must be throwing kittens. <laughs> anyone, anyone that Chris Silverwood <laughs> thinks about picking from now forward will go through the PR team before they even do it. There'll, there'll be like a six-week lead time for a call-up. Get the, get the security guards, guys on it. Get digging that background, lads. Come on, do a better job. Oh, it, it's crazy, isn't it? So, But I think, we've, I think we've kind of covered all that, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with Overton and whether or not how much the press pick this up, because it's kind of hypocritical, isn't it, in some respects, if you're kicking a guy out of a squad for what he's said and done years ago, but another guy who arguably, questionably, has done something as well, uh, that you give him a go. I don't think they will. I think the changes that will be made, I think Leach comes in for yes. Robinson. Got to be a spinner. And I think Stones will come in for Wood. Yep. Do you see um, any further change? I suppose the only other change of the bowling would be, unless I'm forgetting somebody, would be Overton in for perhaps Broad or Anderson. Yeah, they might be pushed into a corner to play Broad and Anderson in this. They might have had ideas mm. around resting them, but yeah. um, I think Broad and Anderson, Leach is, you've got to play a spinner at Edge Baston, mm. so Leach is coming in. Robinson mm. out. You do, I do, wonder whether they'd want to just have a little nibble at looking at Ollie Stone and Mark Wood together. Okay, interesting. Pace, pace to yeah, me, yeah. felt like a big difference in this test. Now, that does mm. run the risk on Mark Wood, who is injury-prone, playing back-to-back tests. Maybe yeah. that's already assessed in their medical team, and they say mm. never happens, needs time off in between test matches. Because yep. he did do a decent workload. If that's yeah. the case it will be Overton at eight and it will be Ollie Stone coming in from Mark Wood and Anderson and Broad going again. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it depends if you want to get the spinner in, isn't it, really? If, if yeah. they think that Edgebaston warrants 
um, the spinner. It's really funny, isn't it? Because county cricket this year, we've seen spinners have massive success. Yeah, a lot of spinners playing really, really good cricket. You could have another two or three of these young fellows in the squad, and it wouldn't have surprised. You know, whether it was a Marverdi, Jack Carson, or, or Matt Parkinson, they could be in there. Yeah. Uh, but we're not playing one at the moment. It's quite, it's quite funny, really, quite interesting. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Stones is definitely in playing at his home ground, um, yeah. Edgebaston. Give him another go. He's fit again. Um, I, I would like to see one of Broad and Anderson rested, ideally, uh, and Overton come in. But obviously now this has come back to light. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they'll actually be brave enough or sensible enough, whatever the right word is, to actually put him back in the team. What about the batting, Rob? Do you see any changes? Do you think they'll um, give one test too many rather than one test too few uh, at the moment for the likes of Lawrence and Crawley? I don't think... I know what you would do with Crawley at the minute. It's like you fire him into the sun. <laughs> he's, he's a little bit low on the radar. If we did the power rankings, mate. If, oh, he's, he's I'm not angry. Yeah, I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I my gut tells me that England are not going to change this batting lineup. Yeah, yeah. Their own. Not going to change the batting lineup. They're not, not, <laughs> not going to no. do it. I, I, like I don't the think they will either. They like Crawley. They're going to give him yeah. time. They're going to give him more experience against a decent yeah. bowling attack and just keep building those blocks. Batting yeah. lineup isn't going to change. Um, mm-hmm. Overton in for Robinson, Stone in forward. Yeah. What about for New Zealand and Ajaz Patel in for Santner? I think you've got to. There is talk of New Zealand maybe even playing two spinners at some point during this wow, tour, okay. whether at Edgebaston or Southampton. Mm. And I'm not. I, I, not I don't really like it that much with this lineup. I think Trent Bolt... just, sorry, just quickly, sorry, on that then, if they did play two spinners, would it be De Grand Hom that misses out? Because Santa could probably bump up one, couldn't he? It's gotta be. It's gotta be. You've got to go with your main choice yeah. seamers and De Grand Hom so, is the so, seamer that misses out. Yeah, so that would balance nicely, wouldn't it? Because what would it be? Watling at six. Would that be right? Watling at six, Santa seven, which is is too high. To be honest, but, for him, yeah. he's he is an eight, but he's a good eight. But then um, you've got Jameson and Southie that still have can still bat well. Still bat tail, on, yeah. Southie, so so Jameson, not so much. Sorry, yeah, a little bit, a little bit more like it. But the, the big mm. one is whether Trent Bolt plays in this second test. They've, right. they've got him over. He's come out of quarantine four days early, thanks to the UK mm. lifting restrictions. Cheers, Boris. <laughs> and um... <laughs> that's, that's the last time anyone will say cheers, Boris, on this podcast, guys. No, not again, Rob. No more. My boy. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. Got to go. So it's interesting whether they want to get Bolt. And the the reason for giving Bolt game time is he's Mm. been brilliant against India in home series. They're going to play him in that World Test Championship final. Mm -hmm. Is he ready to take serious live reps on the field, bowl overs, Mm. maybe 30, 40 overs? Is he ready to Mm. do that? Does he need that before the India test? If the answer to any of those is yes, mm-hmm. then he's got to come into this lineup. Got to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not quite sure how you fiddle it around. Someone has got to miss out. Whether it's mm. the Grand Hom misses out, everyone kind of bumps up one. Yeah. Um, AJS Patel comes in for Santa. It's, it's too long a tail. So it's, yeah. looking at it, they're either going to rest, I can't believe I'm saying this, Southie. Mm. for Bolt and just give people game time or it's a toss up between Wagner and Jameson on who they want to have and I think they'll want to give Jameson the game time because they see him as a complete difference maker Um, and although Wagner does so many things well terrible in the first innings, second innings bowled like like a dream, he was great scored runs down the order all heart cricket, it's Mm. a really difficult position to be in but rest assured that top six is not going to change. They're happy. No, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Trent Bolt, I think it all comes down to him. He's an experienced guy. He's had a white ball in his hand at the IPL. He's probably had a bit of net time, hasn't he, with a red ball. So does he feel good enough? And it's not about this England test match. It's about the World Test Championship coming up after this second test match against India, against England, sorry. The World Test Championship, obviously, against India. Um, if he's ready, if he says, you know what, I'm good, I'm cooked, yeah. I just, I'm ready to go, just put my feet up for this next test match and I'm ready for India. Uh, you know, I, I know my skills. He doesn't need to spend too much time with a red ball in his hands to, to know what's going on. So he, might, he doesn't necessarily need to play. But if he wants to play, he plays, as simple as that. And I th- I'm with you, I think Wagner misses out. Yeah. Um, unless they want to rest Southie, that's the only time they would, it would be somebody else. Yeah, that's, uh, but that's I, what I kind of meant from that comment going, do they yeah, rest him? Definitely. Again, the yeah. statistics of these guys are, 
these have been the best trio of bowlers New Zealand have ever had at the same time. The last five years, Wagner, 148 wickets at 23, Southie, 143 at 23, Bolt, 134 at 26. That, mm. as a trio, is an absolute dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and Crick Info put out some stats a couple of years ago about it being one of the top five trios in world cricket for a seamers ever. So mm. it's a huge call to make changes, but changes occur either when it's time for a change or someone else is um, making things better and providing yeah. a different option. And Carl Jameson mm. is providing a very difficult uh, option anytime he's bowling straight at someone. No one wants to deal with the mm. height, of the, the bounce of the ball. Yeah, no, big time. Yeah, it was, it was impressive. It was good to see. And it'd be interesting to see if he can keep that going. And also if he can keep it going with a bat, obviously averaging about 50-odd coming into this first test match, wasn't he? So whether sometimes people have inflated averages early doors, but uh, let's see if he can become that 8-9 type player. Um, so I think that pretty much wraps us up, Rob. We've gone obviously way longer on a, on a test match review than we would have done, uh, but there was so much to talk about. Um, great to see the different opinions as well on one or two things, I reckon. Um, and yeah, let's look forward to the next test match. Hopefully we can have it without the nonsense, without the, the something that's appeared from nowhere. James Bracey, get your Twitter tidied up, mate. Um, <laughs> just in case. Not saying there's anything there, but just make sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I shouldn't joke. But yeah, it's, it's, it's been a weird week, mate. But it's been great to see international test match cricket back in England. It's been great to watch. Um, and we need to get caught up with some county cricket as well. County cricket has got to the point now where it's having a break before the Vitality T20 Blast hits uh, hits the screens. Uh, so we're going to try and get all all over all of that um, at some point very, very soon, I'm sure. Yeah, we sure will, mate. Happy days. Well, roll on the second test. It yes. was It was so good, I've got to say, to, to lay in bed 10 o'clock at <laughs> night test match starting day one i was so excited mate it's awesome and then when i wake up in the morning i've got it on while i'm working i'm just kind of da, 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 da. yeah wicket time not telling you who i was cheering <laughs> for <laughs> back in the winner eh? you, well you can't back a loser at the minute can you <laughs> no i can't it's a it's, it's good time to be alive mate but yeah thank you so much for listening guys if you enjoyed it Huge thumbs up, subscribe. Make sure you click whichever subscribe button to whichever platform you are listening to us on. You can check us out on Twitter at Leading Edge Pod. Rich, thank you very much for your time, my friend. We'll see you all next time. See ya. Mm-hmm.